podcast for dads who love music, made by dads who love music. And now, your hosts, Josh and Joe. Hi, everyone. This is Josh, one of the hosts of Dad Rocks. As part of our ongoing series of organizations in need, today we will be focusing on the Bergen Performing Arts Center located in Englewood, New Jersey. Known for its wide range of concerts and performances, along with its educational programs, Bergen Pack is a vital part of the arts and music community in northern New Jersey. And like most nonprofit organizations, Bergen Pack has been hit hard financially during this pandemic. To talk to us in more detail about the Performing Arts Center, I have with me today on the show Dom Ronkase, CEO of Bergen Pack. Dom, thank you for coming on to Dad Rocks. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Could you tell our audience a little bit more about Bergen Pack and about what kinds of programming is usually happening throughout the year? Sure. Bergen Performing Arts Center is a true art center. Uh, we have a 1,400-seat theater that does approximately 200 shows a year, live performances that we present, and we also rent the facility um, to certain presenters. And uh, our mission is to ensure that we program the theater across all genres so we truly have something for everyone from rock country to dance to classical to comedy um basically whatever is out there we're looking to program it and we have a performing arts school one of the most robust in the state in the former bennett studios of tony bennett fame tony and his son had a recording studio down the street from bergen pack which is Mm -hmm. now our performing arts school where we teach theater, dance, and music. We have over 1,200 students pre-pandemic that were at the school. And then we also have an outreach program where we partner with 140 schools throughout the region to bring the performing arts education aspect into their schools. We do co-productions, assembly programs, and a variety of programming uh, in those schools. And also, we bring those schools into our on-site school. It's a very robust performing arts center, both uh, performance-wise and educationally. We touch uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, people um, every year. 150,000 people come through our doors. And then exponential over that is what we impact throughout the region. Yeah. And, you know, as, as someone who lives in the region, I can tell you, I've been there a few times and I think the first performance I went there was uh, a, a jazz concert for, with Modesky, Martin and Wood, which uh, was, is a pretty avant-garde group uh, comparative to what you guys usually bring in. Um, And I also have former students of mine who I know were in a production at Bergen Pack a few years ago. So you guys really do have a major impact on the community and um, you know, it's, it's really is a great performing arts center. But uh, how has the pandemic affected the organization, both financially and artistically? Well, um, I'll talk about the theater first, and then we'll talk about the school. The theater, of course, since mid-March has been closed. There's been no live performances there, and that is devastating to the theater. Not only can we not present all the shows that we had booked, which were about 85 so far, but the advanced ticket sales for those shows potentially have to be refunded. So it's a double whammy financially. Um, And it's truly devastating because you're not doing shows, so you're not getting sponsorship. Your membership program 
um, stops because again, you're not doing shows. So members aren't buying tickets. They're not buying memberships. Mm -hmm. So in essence, the business just closes. And again, it has a double impact where you don't have revenue coming in and then you're subject to revenue going out. We have done some creative things to try to help with that situation, such as a drive-in concert series that we promoted uh, with one of our uh, sponsorship partners, Garden State Plaza, out at their mall in the parking lot, which was uh, very successful because people wanted to get out of the house and they wanted to do something different and they wanted to see live entertainment. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, whether it's virtual programming or concert series and drive-in, you're not going to be able to get anywhere near the revenue that you had when you were operating normally. On the performing arts school side, we had a decision to make in March. We could have closed the school totally, furloughed everyone, and just kind of dug in and not incurred any expenses. Um, but we decided to take a different tack and offer all of our classes virtually. Uh, theater, dance, music, production, private classes. And we received a, a good response, not as much as when we were operating normally, but a very good response. I think it took a while for people to get acclimated to how this virtual education was going to work. <laughs> but once they did, it worked, it worked pretty well. And it was great for the parents and the kids' quality of life because yeah. while they were, you know, hold up in the house with the pandemic, they had an outlet, a creative outlet that, um, you know, gave them an opportunity to do those kinds of things. That's great. And, and now we also are providing on-site classes. Oh, okay. So the parents and kids like that even more because they have a choice to either continue to do virtual or they can come on site. And we, again, we do theater, dance and music on site. Gotcha. Now, just uh, curious about your school programming. Are some students for the Performing Arts Center school, are there scholarships that they usually, uh, you guys give out or is or is that something um, that's not usually in, in the books? Yes, we have a very robust scholarship program. We've given out hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships and they're mainly um, driven by underwriters who basically write checks to support the kids through the scholarship program. And um, no kid or anyone that wants to have arts education at Bergen Pack is ever turned away because of an inability to pay. Mm. And those are funded through the scholarship programs. And during this downtime, we've had a significant amount of scholarship programs with kids throughout the region. That's great. Yeah, because I was going to ask to see if, you know, if, if, if those underwriters had, you know, decide to pull back or if you had seen maybe an increase in, in um, you know, those types of scholarships uh, for kids? We have been fortunate where our existing underwriters and some new underwriters have been generous in supporting us and the performing arts school and the kids in the community. And um, I think that's because uh, they understand the devastating impact that this has had on the performing arts industry. But that being said, as the duration continues to go farther and farther into the future, I mean, initially, we thought we would be opening by now right. uh, when we went down in March. And so the longer the duration, I think the more difficult it's going to be to sustain that. But from the time we closed to this point in time, um, our underwriters, thank goodness, have been very supportive. 
Gotcha. And, and along those lines, I know you mentioned, you know, membership earlier. Has your core membership, you know, sustained itself or has there been any kind of fluctuation in that? You know, I, I know with a lot of times with these kinds of art centers and, you know, theaters, the, the members just are all going to be members no matter what. So regardless of what kind of performances are put on. So I didn't know if that's still the case or if you guys have maybe seen an, an increase because people want to help out. Well, if, if people just want to help out and donate, they would be categorized as, um, say, individual giving or donations. Membership is specific to buying a membership that gives you early access to buy tickets to shows. It gives you VIP seating. It gives you access to the VIP room and other benefits. Gotcha. When you're not doing any shows, that membership program shuts down. So okay. if, if you take a look at the membership category, it's going to be zero. Okay. And then if some of those members say, even though you're not doing any shows, we'll support you anyway. You know, here's a check for this. I want you to, you know, help the kids at your school. Then we have some of that. But overall, the impact has been significant if you're speaking about the membership program. Okay. I, I wasn't sure. So I mm -hmm. appreciate that. Now you had mentioned, uh, you know, the outdoor, uh, the, the concert that you guys had. I recently saw on a news program that the George Street Playhouse down in New Brunswick was planning on doing a virtual production of a play that got shut down in March. Like, um, so have you guys done anything like that or thought about, you know, uh, possibly having, you know, more innovative type projects or, or concerts or presentations? Mm -hmm. Yes, we, we have. I mean, virtual programming is a very difficult model to make work. First off, when the industry shut down, a lot of artists and a lot of creative programming was out there for free. So, you know, people could go online and see John Legend doing a, a, a short concert. They could go online and see various artists doing songs or whatever, and it was all free. Now, because again, the duration of this, there's less of that free programming and more presenters and organizations are trying to do shows and sell it virtually on um, streaming it. And that's, that's a tough model to make work. So what we are doing, understanding that is we're trying to be selective and pick certain spots. For example, we're planning an annual gala. Okay. Mm -hmm. Our annual gala will consist of um, a half a dozen major artists, along with the kids at our school and other elements. And we will stream that. We will offer it for purchase and we will offer VIP underwriting programs within it. And what we hope to do is focus our efforts there over a multi-month process and make that work for us. But what we're probably not going to do is go out and get, you know, 10 different artists and try to market and sell 10 different shows. Gotcha. Uh, because in all likelihood, it won't work economically. Hmm. And there's another dynamic where artists, when they're playing live, they need a venue. When they're doing it virtually, they don't really need us to execute it. Right. So what... It, it, so how the model works where it makes sense for the artist is if the building goes at risk, uh, gives them a guarantee, covers all the costs associated with it and hope to recoup. If it's an artist that is so major that they're probably going to garner a significant amount of support, them and their professionals that they surround themselves with can execute it on their own. They don't need a building. 
And we're in essence, we're in essence the venue. Yeah. That makes sense. So, you know, regarding, you know, shows like I'm a, you know, major events, you you just mentioned your, uh, your gala. Um, Are there still some events that may have gotten uh, canceled or postponed that you guys are able to reschedule for the future? Or is it basically now you have a blank slate and you have to start from scratch again? No, we, we have rescheduled most of the shows for the future and uh, some had a cancel, but we try as hard as we can to keep all the shows in. Um, not only do we want to execute the shows, but uh, it minimizes the amount of refunds that you have to give. If the show's canceled, people get their money back. If right. the show's rescheduled, they may choose to get their money back or they may choose to just keep their tickets for the next show. So right. we want to reschedule the shows. Now, as the duration of the closure has extended, it becomes more difficult because some of our shows we've rescheduled three times, Oy. right? Because we're yeah. rescheduling in March for the summer, then the fall, now 2021. Yeah. And it's very challenging. I mean, if we closed in March and we knew we weren't going to open until, let's say, March of 2021, then we would have one time rescheduled all the shows and put them in that area, but we didn't because we didn't know that. And so we were guessing along the way, and clearly the duration, I think everybody would agree, has been longer than most people expected for our industry to open yeah. back up at full capacity. Yeah, in, in that respect, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I my question, like, is there a time frame for reopening or are you guys kind of like, you know, penciling in this date and then with the, with the understanding that it might be pushed back again? Nobody knows. Um, and, and one of the things that you have to determine is, are you going to open at less than 100% capacity? And if you are, the economics of that probably won't work. If you can get the artists to tour and to route and play to less than 100% capacity. Mm -hmm. So let's just say we're not opening until we're at 100% capacity. Okay. That's going to be driven by a vaccine in all likelihood that you know, works and that everybody's comfortable with. And that duration, um, you probably noticed Broadway announced that they're not even considering opening until mid-summer 2021. Yeah. I was going to actually ask if that if their, if their decision actually, you know, fuels your decisions or anything like that, or if that has an impact because they're so close geographically. It does. And I think the industry as a whole pays attention to what everyone is doing. Broadway needs longer lead time because their productions are massive in scope and, and it, they're not like, um, you know, hiring a jazz band. Right. You know, a jazz band could come in, they could set up a tour, shut the tour down. But when you talk about major Broadway productions, you have to be pretty sure you're going to open before you mount a tour and mount the show. So if theoretically Broadway could open mid to late summer 2021, probably the performing arts centers could open up earlier than that, say May, June of 2021. Now, who knows, you know, and who knows, who knows how the market is going to respond also. If there's a vaccine that works and everybody believes that it'll work and it is address the issue, there still may be a lot of people that aren't going to come back to theaters and sit right next to one another until they're absolutely sure right. with some history 
that there aren't any issues there. So it's not only when, when can you open, it's going to take an effective vaccine, but it's when you do open, will people buy tickets? Will they right. come back right away? And in all likelihood, probably not the way that you did initially uh, before the pandemic. But that being said, the demand might be over the top above that once you know, there's some history with it working and not creating any uh, infection. Right. That, that that makes perfect sense. So at this point, like, you know, how can our listeners help you guys out? Um, because I know that you have a, uh, a GoFundMe page through or Save Our Stages. I didn't know if you were involved directly with the Save Our Stages organization, but um, what are some ways that uh, people who are listening can can help you guys out, you know, financially or just in any types of ways? Well, we are involved with Save Our Stage locally with Bergen Pack and also nationally uh, with the organization that's behind it. We are working with every organization possible to try to get grant funding to help us get through this and also to be able to open back up. We're also working on um, a renovation of the theater in Bergen Pack while we are closed down. We have a capital campaign that was ongoing before the pandemic hit, and it's still ongoing. And we have the school. So if, if you take a look at Bergen Pack and an underwriter would be saying, we want to see if there's something you're doing that we can help you with. The first option would be general operating revenue donations so we could have revenue to get us through the pandemic until we can open. The second part of that is we need, need to build cash reserves to have enough money to open. You know, if we're going to do 15 shows in the first month that we're open, we got to pay 15 artists. We have to bring our staff back. Right. We have to get the facility ready to go. It, it takes a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Then the third part would be the capital campaign where we're renovating the theater, getting new sound systems, rigging systems. Uh, upgrading facilities, et cetera, and people that would be interested in a capital campaign contribution to um, help with the construction and renovation. And maybe their heart lies in one area like acoustics or lighting. They could contribute and um, we have naming opportunities and um, things that we do from a recognition standpoint for those capital campaign donors. And then there's the school by underwriting scholarship programs, if that's important to you for under-resourced children or supporting our outreach programs. We have a Chasing the Dragon opioid outreach program where we mm. go into schools and teach the dangers of opioids. That has to be underwritten. Uh, we have a social uh, justice program that's being underwritten right now. So not only support for our students in our school, support for our scholarship students, or support for our outreach program. If you're interested in supporting arts education, there's a variety of ways that you can do it there. So what, what I hope is that as we communicate to people, no matter what you may be interested in in your philanthropic uh, endeavors, if it's the performing arts and arts education, I think there's something that we're doing that fits. Yeah, and so where can, you know, 
you know, people who just, you know, may not want, not sure how to write checks, but want to do something mm-hmm. online, where can they go to, to, to do this? Right. Well, if you go to our website and click on save our stage, you'll go right into our GoFundMe page. Okay. And you mentioned that earlier, and that is an initiative that we have. Um, and it's, it's had a great response so far. There's very generous people out there in this difficult time. And we appreciate that. And, uh, you can also, uh, contact me at Bergen Pack. I go in every day by myself. There's nobody there but me. I get the mail. <laughs> I get the mail and my email's up. And, um, you know, I, I communicate with a lot of people via email. They send me things, direct mail. They can call me. I update people on what's going on at Bergen Pack and what they're doing. But if you want to do it from a technology standpoint, you can just go on our website to save our stage into the GoFundMe and you could donate however you like, you can designate it for whatever you want to designate it for. And we'll make sure that gets done and we'll notify you also in respect to how your money's being spent. And that's bergenpack.org. So Dom, what is the most tangible thing you miss about the theater being open? The magic of live performance. Uh, Yeah. There's nothing like it. It can't be replicated. It is what attracted me to the business back early in my career. Virtual, can't come close to replicating it. I look forward to the 200 shows that we do a year. I look forward to every one of them. And now that we're closed, uh, that's what I miss the most about it. And I also miss seeing the kids on stage. Yeah, Uh, They're extremely talented. They perform with major performers together. And you can see in those live performances the difference that it's making in their lives. So I really miss that. Yeah. I mean, I, I play in bands and I've been performing since I was little. And, you know, both things you said ring true to me. I miss, I miss you know, playing. And, and you're right, virtual, you know, doing virtual concerts is nothing like being even in a small room with other people and having that connectivity going on. Um, and even just and being an audience member, um, you know, live music is and live performances, you can't, there's nothing that can replace it. And, and, you know, again, and with kids, you know, as, as someone who has taught kids at performing arts centers and been a kid at a, you know, in these kinds of programs, you know, they're, they're irreplaceable. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Those are things that I know I miss. I know that most people miss, um, at the, at the theater. And that's why I'm confident that over time, sooner or later, life's going to come back in a big way and it's going to be bigger and better than it was. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, absolutely. Dom, thank you so much for your time. It was really a pleasure to have you on. And again, as a resident of Bergen County myself, and I know my co-host who's not with us right now, Joe, he's also a resident of Bergen County. Uh, We both can't thank you enough for, you know, having... Uh, such a great performing arts center locally and you know the the performing arts center uh, performing arts school like all that stuff you guys do for our local community for the county for for northern new jersey is just fantastic and you know thank you again for everything you've done well thank you and and um we appreciate again you thinking of us you taking the time to, to do this program today and uh we're going to continue to work hard for the community. Uh, we think we make a positive difference in people's lives, and that's very rewarding and satisfying, and we're going to continue to do it as long as we can. Yeah. Well, th- thank you so much, 
and Thank uh, you. stay safe. Well, I'm hoping you guys open up as soon as possible. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> All right. Thanks again to Damron Case for coming on to the show. It was great to talk to him about Bergen Pack and find out how they are so vital to the Northern New Jersey arts and music community. If you want to find out more about Bergen Pack or want to help them out, you can go to bergenpack.org. That's B-E-R-G-E-N-P-A-C dot O-R-G. Right on their homepage, you can find the Save Our Stage button, which will take you to their GoFundMe page. You can also find the organization on Facebook and Instagram just by searching up Bergen Pack. Thanks again for listening, and make sure to be on the lookout for a new full episode soon. And as always, dads, remember, you rock.